Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Matthew 1. We just wrapped up Genesis. And so now we're in the first book of the New Testament. But before we go there, let's open with a word of prayer. Lord God, thank you for today. Thank you for the many blessings that you bestowed on us. Thank you for loving us and taking care of us. You've been very generous and kind and Father, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for how you love me, you forgive me. I'm grateful for the way you show me who you are and what matters to you. So Lord, I lift up this day, I lift up this reading, and I pray for your Holy Spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, for you to guide us, for you to talk to us and for it to be your wisdom, your message, and your voice we hear, that there would be nothing from me but everything from you and that you would be honored and glorified, and our hearts and our spirits would be prepared to hear your word and your message. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today we're in Matthew 1, and in the New Testament, candidly, there's a lot more commentaries. And A.W. Tozer, Spurgeon, um, and others write a lot more about the New Testament. And so we're going to go through and just be able to read a lot more, get some more insights from, from these great preachers. And, uh, before we re start reading the actual, um, verses, I'm going to read the, what, to, um, A.W. Tozer has to say about Matthew as an introduction. It says, Matthew's gospel bridges the old, old Testament and the new linking the prophecies of the coming Messiah and their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. It is the first of three synoptic gospels with Mark and Luke, so-called because of their similarities. Matthew, whose name means gift of the Lord, was surnamed Levi. He was the son of, of Alphaeus and worked as a tax collector in Capernaum for the Roman government, an unpopular profession among the people of Israel. Yet Jesus called Matthew to follow him. Matthew left his profession behind, becoming one of Jesus' chosen twelve. As after the Gospels, Matthew is mentioned only once in Acts 1.13. So I've been watching The Chosen, incredible, incredible series. And Matthew is such a great character. The portrayal of him is really touching, and it's, and it's a lot of fun. And you really can see Matthew, the, the character, the actor, in these words of his Gospel. Tozer continues, Matthew repeatedly quotes the Old Testament to show that Jesus is the one who was spoken of by ancient writers. Even his opening lines of genealogy beginning with Abraham show that Matthew wrote to a Jewish audience to present overwhelming evidence of Jesus' kingship. The kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus' genealogy, baptism, messages, miracles, death, and resurrection point to the conclusion that he is the promised Messiah. Matthew includes an extensive version of Jesus' sermon on the mount, much of it explaining the kingdom of God, and his teaching on the end times, oh, and his teaching on the end times. The gospel ends with a command and challenge to go into the world and make disciples. The gospel is not for the Jews alone, but for all people, and that mandate is not the last word. The final statement is the assuring, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age.
I love hearing that from God, that he's with us always. Matthew wrote his gospel between AD 58 and 68. The expressions to this day and to this very day indicate a substantial period of time between the events in the book and the time they were written down. The Olivet Discourse, which is the Sermon on the Mount, I believe, um, it's in chapter 24 through 25, anticipated the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70. So the book is, is outlined in, in five different sections. One is the arrival of the king, which includes the birth and early years, along with his baptism, proclamation of the king, the rejection of the king, crucifixion of the king, and then the resurrection of the king. If you've watched, again, The Chosen, you would really understand that, that Matthew is trying to put together, a, through the genealogy, a spot-on explanation and evidence of the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. He comes from the right bloodline. So let's go ahead and, and start in with chapter 1, verse 1 of Matthew. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So right off the bat, Abraham is going to produce the Messiah. We know that. It's been said throughout um, history and in, in Genesis, it talks about that. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amabadad, Amadadad the father of Nation, Nation the father of, of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. So it starts out, the initial genealogy is, starts with Abraham and ends with David. Then it goes on. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was, or had been, Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rabom, Rabom the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asa, Asa the father of Josephat, Josephat the father of Jerome, Jerome the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amon, Amon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jenkoiah, and his brothers at the time of the, of the time of the exile of Babylon. After the exile of Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shetel. Shetel was the father of Zerbala. Zerbala the father of Abihad, Abihad the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Eliud, Eliud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So I find it so interesting that you go from Jacob to Joseph, Jacob was, you know, Jacob that we just finished reading about in Genesis. And then Joseph, who throughout Genesis was such a great 
illustration of the coming Messiah, how he was to be bowed down to, worshipped. But at first, he was thrown into prison. He was thrown into jail. He was mistreated. Then he was elevated. And then he provided grace and mercy to his brothers. Again, a great illustration of who Jesus was going to become. And now you have Joseph being his father. It says, Thus there were fourteen generations in all from Abraham to David, fourteen from David to the exile of Babylon, and fourteen from the exile to the Messiah. And when you think about a tax collector for the Romans, this person would have to be extremely detailed and very much orderly. They would have to have their ducks in a row and be one who goes by logic and really structures everything out. Well, you just had for the genealogy, which we saw is incredibly important for the Jews. You have a genealogy that illustrates how Jesus came from the right family and all the way down through from Abraham to, to David, from David on down. And it was through that genealogy that proved that Jesus was the Messiah. You would expect that from a tax collector. Finally, we read on in verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be, with, be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And you are to give him the uh, because he will. You are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet: the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph, Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So there you have the beginning of Matthew. It's a great f fulfillment of Genesis. It's the story of the promise of God to Abraham and the fulfillment of that promise. It's amazing to watch and listen to. So with that, I'm going to also now read from Tozer a little bit where he says, where he focuses on Matthew 1, 23, which says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Tozer writes, Here's the whole final message of the New Testament. Through the atonement of Jesus' blood, sinful men may now become one with God. Deity indwelling men. That is Christianity in its fullest effectuation. And even those greater glories of the world to come will be in essence but a greater and more perfect experience of the soul's union with God. Deity indwelling men. That, I say, is Christianity, and no man has experienced rightly the power of Christian belief until he has known this for himself as a living reality. 
Everything else is preliminary to this. Incarnation, atonement, justification, regeneration. What are these but acts of God preparatory to the work of invading and acting, of indwelling the remain redeemed human soul? Man who moved out of the heart of God by sin now moves back into the heart of God by redemption. Again, let's read that. Man who moved out of the heart of God by sin now moves back into the heart of God by redemption. God who moved out of the heart of man because of sin now enters again his ancient dwelling to drive out his enemies and once more make the place of his feet glorious. There's not a lot more for me to say about that, so let's just close with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for dwelling in us and for allowing us to dwell in you. I thank you that you made us in a spiritual form and that we, we commune with you spiritually. I just thank you for the way that you bless us. You've had this plan from the start, and you love us, and we have the opportunity, the blessing, to worship you and to dwell within you and you within us. So, Father, I pray that you would dwell and join us and that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word and help us to understand all that you want us to know. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.